Hi, and welcome to Living at the 45. I'm your host, Jack Brody, and and today my guest is Anton. Anton, I want you to pronounce your last name for me so I don't blow it. Uh, Samui Lau, Anton Samui Lau. Hi, guys. Great, thank you. Um, Anton's become a very close friend of mine in such a short time. Um, Most of my um, podcasts are with people I've known for 10 years, 20 years, but Anton and I have only known each other four or five months. And uh, he's here in uh, Denver, Colorado at an indoor club. He's a pro at Meadow Creek. So if you're in the area, he's a fantastic pro and a great hitter, great hitter. And uh, was a very competitive junior as well. But I want to talk about uh, some things with Anton today that uh, I think would be very interesting to you all because it's not every day you get to talk to a junior champion from Belarus. So uh, I want to talk to him a little bit about his growing up in uh, the Eastern Bloc over there and, and how much different it might be from, I'm very familiar with United States junior tennis and uh, also very familiar with European, uh, you know, France and Spain and Italy. I've spent a lot of time with the juniors over there, but never spent any time uh, in, in that Eastern Bloc. I, I have no idea what it's like, but I know they pump out a lot of great tennis players um, women, especially, but also Djokovic, Kafelnikov, so many good players from that area. And um, I think we'll have a very fun conversation today. So, uh, Anton, without any further ado, let me ask you some questions. Uh, number one, uh, you grew up as a junior in Belarus. Did you, um, when did you, when did you leave? In the boys 16 and unders, is that when you left? Uh, hi, hi, Jack, and then hi, everyone. Um, first of all, thanks for such a great introduction. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah, and um, Jack, like, yeah, it's really an honor to be your friend. And I'm, uh, I'm not, and I'm like, uh, I love you so much. You're like such a great person, you know. Like, it's, I feel like we're really connected on uh, some uh, different level, totally. And uh, um, I plus, I like the way we hit together. Yeah, you it's, know, it's, I like the way we yeah. have long, long rallies, and that you know, to me, that. That's a very big bonding thing is to, is to enjoy playing with somebody because tennis is a weird sport. Sometimes you can play with somebody and it's annoying. I mean, you don't even enjoy it. <laughs> and, yeah, and we have a, we always have a nice hit. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, um, I'm originally just born in the Republic of Belarus, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I grew up most of my childhood there. I uh, yeah, played for my country, like on the Junior Davis Cup team. Like I mostly was on the winter and the summer teams. Uh, but uh, I left at the age of 19 because um, I got a scholarship to Hawaii Pacific University. So that's most of the players do if you really don't get into pros because it's really hard to make it into pros especially like financially and stuff you need to really have have a strong financial support and if you don't really have that or like you can't really afford playing tournaments like every second week or especially travel abroad to like western european countries where the prices are usually higher so it's really hard to make it and just uh, um, because of that uh, we don't really have choice sometimes we come in the United States and we get scholarship. I mean, just because I think we're good enough to get it. And then we play for different universities here. And then um, my my choice was Hawaii Pacific. Uh, why? Because I was kind of excited, you know, about the islands. I mean, I could never even imagine I could, I could, I could go to something like that. I could go to Texas Tech. I remember, like me and my friend, there were like there was a guy from Texas Tech. He came over to Belarus because there was a women's future going on there, and he wanted to recruit me and my friend to Texas Tech. But later on, I was thinking, you know, it's a college tennis at some point. You know, I mean, yeah, it's great. I know Texas Tech is a very strong school, but I was kind of thinking about more like where I want to be. So Texas is a great state, but Hawaii kind of sounded a little bit. Well, it's funny you say that. I was recruited to Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas also. Yeah, I was. I was recruited to Texas Tech and my father and I flew out there and uh, (laughs) it it was just wind. I mean, there was nothing there. I was like, I don't know. It'd be a pretty easy decision for me to make Hawaii 
or, yeah. or Lubbock. I mean, that'd be pretty easy decision. Yeah. yeah, and that was the thing because I was, that's the way I was thinking. I was uh, thinking Texas Tech, yes, great school, great uh, athletic program. And then, uh, and then I'm like, uh, Hawaii, you know? So yeah, Hawaii was also, it was a second division school, but just because it was a college tennis, I kind of really didn't see a big difference. You know, second division is pretty strong because there are so many Europeans are playing in that division. So like basically the guys that I played in Europe, I met them, I met them later when we were playing for college, but they were playing for different schools. So I thought that just second division, it should be a little bit. A little bit uh, easier, less work, but actually it's not. You know, it's 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 pretty. It's a pretty tough division too because you're like playing against Europeans or South Americans. So it was a pretty interesting experience. And the same thing about uh, uh, Texas. I was thinking, yeah, great. I'm going to Texas, a great school. But then, what I'm gonna do after I'm done playing tennis? What if I what I'm gonna do after I'm done with my practice or or with my school? Where I'm gonna go? And I'm like, in Hawaii, at least I can go and sit on the beach and just go swim and stuff like that. Yeah, in, in Texas, yeah, I don't know, probably will be hanging around the campus most of the time. So, yeah, and I left when I was 19. So I got a scholarship to Hawaii Pacific. I left when I was 19. And then uh, it was in January 2007. And then, yeah, since then I, I became a member of the team. And then that's how my <clears throat> journey in the U.S. started. Let me ask you, uh, I, I played D1 and I played yeah. D3, both. Yeah. I did not play D2. So I don't know much about it. Does D2 give scholarships? D3 does not. No, D3, it's mostly academically. So if you if you like going to D3 schools, they give you academic scholarships, but not athletic scholarships. Right. Like D2, yeah, this, they give you scholarship as well. Yeah, if you're playing for D2, like a good school, especially if they're like top ranked, let's say even maybe top 20, maybe even top 15, top 10, they are giving you scholarships. Yeah, so if, if you have full ride. Well, you know, I mean, you could pick any subject. I mean, always college is always very interesting to talk about because so much happens. But I'm, I'm a little more curious. I, over the weekend, I was thinking, I really want to ask Anton a little bit more about the juniors because, like I said, uh, especially when I know nothing about it, I, I like to learn and uh, – what, was it any different? I mean, you, you coach juniors now in, in Denver, and I'm sure you coach juniors in uh, Hawaii. Uh, do you feel like the junior experience in uh, Belarus or wherever you might have gone, Russia, Ukraine, where, Serbia, wherever you might have gone, is it a different experience or is it very similar to uh, the junior program here? Yeah, I would say uh, it's a little bit different experience because um, – in our countries, they, we don't really, uh, for example, when you start, let's say one of the sports, it doesn't really have to be tennis or anything like that, but mine particular sport was tennis. So if you start in tennis and then the coaches, they see that you are doing pretty well, they'll keep you going, like they'll try to develop the maximum out of you. So so basically you will be working there like as, uh, as hard as the horse. So, and my experience started when I was even, um, I started tennis at six and a half years old. And then um, I remember those times when uh, I just was playing around with the ball and I even had a wooden racket. So that was my first racket. That, like, even though the technology wow. changed, but I, yeah, but I still had a wooden racket. It was like half size, so like, because I was small, it was just too heavy. So, and then I, I had a wooden racket and then I was just, as I'm saying, playing with the ball. And then, um, had that coach you know she was just incredible coach she taught me everything we've been together for like for so many years and then uh she uh told my parents in uh those words that yes um your son can uh, be pretty good in general and then after the coach says something like that to your parents your parents they start like more like paying attention to that they start pushing you more because you know they 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 listen to the coach every like whatever the coach says you know i mean so that's what needs to be done and then yeah growing up growing up there we like we i, I reached i reached pretty good level even as a junior and then we have um different programs in there um like if you're doing really well, if you're one of the top juniors, you, like the government, they build uh, like a specific group, you know, just they like assign a coach to you and you like, they're like maybe like three, four, five best juniors of the country and we're all trained together basically under one coach. Yeah. And then also our practice goes, we usually, we usually trained 
twice a week or twice sorry not twice a week twice a day what am i saying we usually train twice a day we had a practice in the morning for like two and a half hours and we also had a practice in the evening in between we go to school or if you go to it's called it's called a sports school so like that, that those times were a little bit different that's exactly where you could train uh twice a day but if you go to a regular school you know and if you like really like special like if you're a really good athlete in your school and your school knows that they kind of they kind of give you uh they like it's it's, it's called like if you if because i used to go to regular school and then uh, my director of our school like she knew that i was pretty good in tennis and she would give me more like a free attendance so what does it mean is she knew that i was training a lot and then uh, let's say if i have really something special coming up like very important tournament i could just uh, bring a letter from our uh, tennis organization and that would give me like a free pass you know to school so if i if i don't come it's all good because they know i'm training so they were like taking taking it pretty seriously yeah and then yeah we play we play a lot as i'm saying m most of the day also with doing physical conditioning like maybe three or four times a week you know in between practices so it gets on a pretty serious it gets on a pretty serious serious level yeah, it does sound, it sounds like it reminds me of the Russian tennis. I know the government gets involved when you're a good tennis player in Russia as well. Yeah. Um, they, not necessarily they start, in the United States, not always. Yeah, they start, they start building those groups, like, because they know that you, you're, like, one of the top kids, and they start, like, uh, they start building those groups. As I said, they are signing the coach to I remember when I was uh, starting tennis, I was with my coach for, like, maybe five, six years in a row straight, and then when I started to show results, like I was starting, like winning, like most of the tournaments that I played, you know, the government, they just, uh, they like, they look at you, they look at other kids and they're like, okay, they want to bring it together because you might be the future of the country. So that's, that's exactly what happens. And then you, and you participate in those groups, you have, you have the coach and you play in tournaments, you know, even you travel together with this, like as a team with this coach. So it's basically, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it gets pretty it gets pretty intense in trainings and then uh, so we go to like sport camps sometimes you know once like once or twice a year for a couple of weeks and sport camps they are not really about tennis we just do different things we like play other sports like we go play soccer we run miles and miles in the like on the on, on the just trails in the forest and stuff is kind of being in the nature. We kind of come like exercise physically. We kind of forget about tennis a little bit because we don't, it's not really based on that. It's more like you're doing something else, but you're still training. So kind of switches your mind as well too. And then, yeah, it was a pretty good experience because I always participated in those kind of trainings. And then, um, huh. yeah. And then, oh, yes. Did you, um, do you have, uh, I, I know you have tournaments here. Do you have like the United States has Kalamazoo and we have the national hard courts. Do you have some big tournaments like that in Belarus or do you have to go to other countries? Yeah, it's mostly, uh, it's mostly, uh, yes, we have tournaments in uh, Belarus, of course. And then uh, they just, uh, well, the same as here, they're just different category levels and stuff. So, uh, but the, more, the, the highest tournament is the championship of the country. So this is basically there because Belarus is not still, uh, it's not the biggest country. So it's not like, it's not like United States where like, the, 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 like where you can build more tournaments just around the States. It means the, for us, the main tournament is the championship of the country. So if you win the championship of the country, you consider that pretty, pretty serious player and it doesn't matter also junior man yes so it's a, this is the highest tournament that we have and then based on that let's say if i'm playing a championship of the country you have to make a top three so if you got you gotta either win it or get second or get the third place because the system was like that uh you playing a tournament you get in the semifinals which is four players are left and the semifinal you're playing uh you don't play semifinal semifinal and final you're playing around Robin system, so you're playing against every single player in the, like in the draw. So the I see. That's a brilliant play. idea. Yeah, and that's uh, and by because even if you lose the first match, you still can get the first place. You know, so it's like it's just, it's just it just all depends. You know how other guys will finish up too. So and then based on that, you get top three players, uh, top three top three best players in the country. And then these top three players, they go and represent uh, the country on European Championships. So it's like the, the team is formed 
and then after that before european championships it's like it's it's happening maybe because i remember like for the winter times we were playing the championship of the country like in the beginning of january and then the uh, european championships they were starting like end of february so basically we had like we had like seven weeks of preparation after the tournament after the championship of the country is over so once you get in those top three it's already another it's already another level so so you just specifically training for european championships it's just like where where is the where is the european championship what country i'm curious uh, it's it's every year it's it's every year it was different so we 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 call them zones so for example one year it can be like in france this is the first country i went to we when i when i got on the team so one year it can be in France, another year it can be in Italy, then it can be in England, you know. So it's in the different ages, different zones. It's like spread it gotcha. all over Europe. So we played like in Germany and then uh, like all basically all over the place. So it's like you have an age group, you have teams that are uh, that are assigned that that will be that you will be meeting in your uh, zone group, and then like let's say there's the zone is happening in italy so and they have like six seven eight teams right there so from like just for example if it's in italy for sure there's going to be like team italy then maybe spain then russia then belarus you know then serbia you know so it's all it's all different so basically every year in this in the winter in the summer it's uh, different locations you go to different places so and that's how you travel and that's how you and that's when you go there already the government they're supporting you and then they uh they they take you there and then like the, you go there with the coach. It's uh, maybe like four or five days only total because it's only, it goes like three days, like qu- like uh, quarter semis and finals. And uh, that's about it. And then after that, depends on that. It's like, it's also called a qualification rounds. So, uh, because there are a lot of countries in Europe too. So you have to also qualify for the main round. So if you make on your zone, if you make the top two, if you lose in the final, if you get sec- uh, first or second, later on, you still go to the, uh, to the final rounds where like all like, uh, where, uh, best eight teams they, of Europe together together. And that's where we played the main round. Uh, and then whoever wins wins. Yeah. So basically that's how it goes yeah it's like qualifications something similar to here probably like when you when we guys have here zonals and then you go going right. for the national championships right. like that. how many how many times how many times did you get in the top three in belarus that so you get to travel i would say i would say mostly every year so were you ever number one were you ever number one in your country yeah, I was ranked number one in my country in my age. Uh, I'm born 1997. Yeah, I was born. I was uh, ranked num- uh, number one for some time, and then yeah, I, pl- I, I played number one. I played two. I played three. So different ages. Uh, I mean, I first time I went to European Championships when I was 12 years old. The age group was f- uh, under 14. Oh boy. Yeah, but I went when I was 12, so I made it. I made it in top three. I got the third place. I didn't win, but I I made it. So we went. When there it was a winter it was i remember in france the first time i went on a western uh, western european country so we we went there it was pretty good experience and then later on i played a summer championship of the country the same system if you get in top three you go in again to uh, represent your country so i got i think i got the second at the time i don't really remember second and we went to italy uh, the place is called san remo and i remember like when they have a opening of the term and they have like presentation of all the teams from all the europe and i remember they, were, they even announced when i was when they, when they brought up the country belarus so we, we got up we, we got up there and then they even announced that i was the youngest player of the tournament so i was still like yeah <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of cool but i mean I didn't cool. it must have been a little scary playing those big 14 yeah. year olds yeah i mean I, I didn't win of course because they're like insane guys there you know like like Tonga, I remember he was born in uh, 1985. Like uh, there was a Monfields, Rafael Nadal. They're all were there. So all those guys. Wow. It just like you, you think you you think you're really great, you know. But once you see those guys, you're like, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. You might you might want to think about your greatness and stuff. Yeah, so, I had I had the same experience in the United States. I played for New England, Connecticut. Which is not the biggest tennis, you know, state. And uh, when you go play uh, some of the California tournaments or the Kalamazoo, I played 
all of a sudden your eyes are wide open and you're like, wow, I think I'm just been playing for fun <laughs> compared to this. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, those guys. They're like, that's like, you look at them, they're like, Oh, they're like on another, like totally on another level. Well, you played, you got to play with Sangha, Mofis, and Rafa. I, I mean, I that's, that's one of the greatest years yeah. ever. Yeah. I didn't play against them, but I, met them every single time when i went to represent because our ages kind of fall apart a little bit so uh, it usually goes like uh let's say that the, the uh, age divisions would go like 85 86 right one year then uh, the, the year you're born then the next year it would be like 86 87 then again right. years like the ages go apart i mean uh because i was born 87 it's two years apart from me like in Tsonga. so it's like i've seen him maybe that first year when i made it like when i was the youngest player so and then after that i haven't really seen him that much because the 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 age it doesn't connect so but i've seen rafa and all others uh, other guys like monfields because they're born 1986 so and i'm i'm 1987 so i've seen those guys so pretty frequently i would say that yeah <sighs> Yeah, I would yeah. say Sangha. Was Sangha a big boy like he is today? Was he a big boy in the 14s? I mean, we were all juniors and stuff, you know, I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, they were just like regular guys. I mean, maybe bigger because he's older. So, but yeah. I, don't really, I don't really remember that. But uh, yeah, I remember. I just remember those guys, you know, they were all, they were always, they're always around and they were always representing their countries as well. So like Tonga played for France, Rafa played for Spain. Every single time, basically the same guys. You know, it's very, very rare. It's like very rare when the lineup changed, but no, not really because the same guys were played. You know, because you can see them, you can still see them now. So, was was Rafa always special, or was he just one of the many? Rafa was. Um, uh, he was. I mean, that's uh, the first time I saw him. I'm like, this is unbelievable what he does. You know, so, I mean, he basically he plays the same game right now. I mean. When he was in his prime, right now he's probably obviously he's getting like the age is also pushing on him. But uh, when I saw him in juniors, and then when I saw him uh, on TV later when I was in college, and he was like starting his career, and when he was going through career, he actually played the same way. He was just running, running around, uh, trying not to hit his backhand at all, just hitting forehands all over the court. So he just got. I usually say that, you know, I, I, he just got better at it. But that's exactly the first time I saw him training when he when we when we went to uh, when we went to play on European Championships. I saw him training. I saw Team Spain training, and he was on the court. He was running from the left corner, hitting forehand, and then he was running around, hitting forehand, and again he was running to the left corner, <laughs> running to the right. I'm like. How do you do that? You know, it's like it's, he was just, I mean, he was always quick, you know, he was always quick and he was always a great competitor. Like you could see that, you could see that fire in his eyes every time, you know, like even when he's off the court, he was like really, really focused on that. And then what I observed with him, you know, he really didn't, because he started playing futures like pretty early, like when he was 15 or 16, I guess, in Spain. And then, uh, what I observed when he was coming to European Championships, uh, he didn't really even have a ranking on the European Championships uh, because he was already busy playing other tournaments. Because right, not playing the juniors, but playing the men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but he was still uh, like the best in his country, I would say. But in the still, they would probably send him. So the funny part is he would not not be even seated on the tournament. But then, like mid second round or maybe third round, like first, second, or third seed, just beat them like you know <laughs> like and roll down their draw without any like without any problems i remember he won championship of he won a european championship he, that's uh, was one of the years and in italy he won he won the match against like number guy against a german guy who was ranked uh like number two in europe probably at the time he won the match within like 50 minutes maybe like an hour an hour something like that like, like with the scores like probably one and two i'm like we were training at that time and we went to hit some balls with my friends and we were, I wanted to see the match after but we were still in training and already finished i'm like oh great yeah so i mean yeah rafa was always special in this way you know like yeah. i knew that guy i knew yeah i knew that guy will go all the way until the end and look at look look at him now he's it's, like the best player in the world right now basically by grand slams it's so, amazing yeah. you know i had a boy play him um i coached a boy named steve foreman and he was number yeah. one in the United States. And yeah. um, he, um, 
he went to South Africa to play this tournament, this uh, Nike International Tournament. You ever play that one? Uh, yeah, in South Africa? Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't and, 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 and Rafa was there. He and, and Rafa won the tournament. And my boy, uh, Stephen, came in fifth. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think it was fifth or he lost in the, he, I think he lost in the semis, but he didn't play Rafa. But he, and when I asked him when he got home, he, he started telling me all about this guy, Rafael Nadal. And this is when Federer had just come on the scene and was number one. And he, you know, he started winning and I was a huge Federer fan, huge. Well, Steven came home from the tournament and, uh, and our first lesson back, uh, we were talking and we're hitting and, and he says to me, he goes, this guy, Rafael Nadal is incredible. He's going to be way better than Federer. I go, you're crazy. And he goes, no, I'm telling you, man, this guy doesn't miss. He says he literally doesn't miss. And he gets everything. I said, come on, you could beat him on a good day. And he was number one in the country, in the United States, and very cocky, super cocky. And he said, not a chance, not on my best day. He said, I couldn't beat Rafa on my best day if he was having his worst day. He says, because he doesn't even have a bad day. He says, every day is the same for him. He says, I couldn't beat him no matter what. And I was shocked because he was so cocky. And then he, and he said, he said, he'll be better than Federer. I guarantee it. So he, he knew in boys 14 and unders. Yeah, it's more like it's more like on your best day you can, you might get close to him by score, so you 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 might win more games against him so on your best on your best day and he has a, and he has a bad day. But you're totally right. Yeah, I remember that. It never seemed to me that he had a bad day. You know, never. So like yeah. every day, like extremely great. So, so that was yeah, yeah. He was the talk of the tournament. Now I have to yeah. brag about you a little bit. Um, yeah. You told me when we hit this week, uh, which was really fun, and we hit a couple times, uh, you would tell me about uh, a very good player. You bageled, double bageled. You got to tell me about that match, Dog Palov, because he's a hell of a good player. I mean, he's been in the top 100, maybe more, maybe top 50 for a little bit. And um, he's not a big guy, but he's a heck of a player. I want to know uh, what happened to him that day or what happened to you? Was it just a dream match for you or was he just not that good in the juniors? Uh, I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a tournament at that time. So I went to Ukraine. Uh, I went to play a tournament there. That was like one of the tournaments I already played before. And then, yeah, Alexander, he was, um, he was uh, again, one of his, um, one of the best juniors in Ukraine. So, and then uh, we met each other. I think it was like a second round and stuff. I think it was a second round. Yeah, we met each other. Uh, I would say, yeah, I would just... I was just playing my game. I was playing really good. I was playing really focused. I wasn't making any errors and stuff. And uh, I think Alexander, maybe he had a bad day at the time because it was kind of windy, I remember. It was really windy weather. And then uh, he was missing a lot. And then he was going a little bit, just a little bit, I would say, crazy. So he was like not happy the way he played. And I kind of just took advantage of it and then uh, uh, stayed focused until the end. I even had a funny moment, you know, like in that match. Um, I was playing the match, and then uh, I was playing against him, and I got mad myself for some reason because I I, I remember hit the ball, and I just made an early like a, I made an easy mistake. Then I hit my racket on the ground, so basically I broke my racket, and my mom was watching it from the tribunes from far away. And I know, like, if I break the racket, it's not really a good sign for me because rackets are pretty expensive things. And, and then, but the funny part is uh, that uh, I, I broke my racket, but I didn't make a. I mean, I looked at the frame and it's broken, so like it's correct. And I didn't make a scene out of it, so I didn't go to my bag and change rackets. So, so my mom observed that all, like all the, all that moment. So I continued playing with this broken racket. So like, oh my god. Yeah. Like nothing really happened. Yeah. And I remember we having the rally. The rally is going and I'm like uh, I'm hitting my one of my favorite shots back and back and uh, down the line, like hitting it with all the power that I get. And the uh, ball just takes off right into the fence. It just like flies right in the fence, like straight. And then the frame breaks, you know, and I'm like, here. Here is my bro. I mean, I'm like, look, I broke it. I broke it when I hit the ball. So I was oh, so no. Yeah, I was so scared to tell to tell my parents that I broke the racket like uh, on my own. But I made it seem like, yeah, I, I did it while I was hitting a ball. So it's just like a, I That's think it's too video. funny. Is this boy 16s or 18s? 
Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was a uh, fourteen. Yeah, we played. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah, and Alexander at the time he had this kind of game, like the same game he played, like when he was on a pro tour. He his forehand was pretty solid. He was the the funny part about this guy was that uh, his uh, game was so unpredictable. I mean, he hits like you never know what he's gonna hit to you. So it's like he can hit the slice and he can hit the drop shot and he can hit the ball and he can just push it's like it was always different but you know when we were juniors when we were juniors you know it's a lo lot of lot of ground strokes were involved and i would think that at that time maybe my ground strokes were a little bit more advanced in general because he didn't really use his back and it was more like a slice or a drop shot well yeah. say, on that day on that day you know he didn't really feel it that well and he was missing i see so I yeah, he doesn't hit with a lot of topspin, dog. Yeah, exactly. And then, and I was kind of really stable, like really stable. And then uh, when uh, I was just making any errors, and I knew that he was one of the best players in Ukraine. I knew that. So I was uh, before the match. I was really, really focused. You know, like I was mentally, I was mentally ready. To be honest, Jack, I was really surprised that it went like that. I was really shocked, honestly. I was. I, I thought it's gonna be like a. Long three set match, but it went like just went everything to my side, and I felt at some point that when we played, because he could, he he totally he totally probably felt that I'm not giving it up that day. I'm not so, and at some point I felt like he just fell apart, and then I just basically after maybe the first set, maybe like a little bit at the beginning of the second set, yeah, I felt like. He just gave it to me, you know, so at some point he just already just like kind of, yeah, you know what I mean? When yeah, players, in, the, in the juniors, it does happen. If if some, yeah. if a junior, it's not so yeah. much like in the men today when they play yeah. for money. In the juniors, yeah. if you're having a bad day yeah. and, and you're a good athlete, you just go, screw it. I'll just do it better tomorrow. And you just, yeah. you can't, it's hard to go to the well and, 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 and pick it up again. Not like they do in the men. It's incredible. Yeah. No, yeah, that's what the feeling, that's what I felt, you know, like he just kind of stopped, he understood that he's not going to do it today and then he just kind of let it go. I, that's that's what I remember, I felt, yeah, so, but I mean, I just did my part, I was playing, I was playing pretty good and that tournament, I got into the final, I lost in the final, but yeah, it was good, a great experience to play against him and I remember after that, after that, I haven't really heard about him that much, I mean, uh, just in uh, uh, in the tournaments in uh, Eastern Europe, because uh, that's where we usually played a lot, like Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, like all over, Latvia, Lithuania, all those countries. But I, then I kind of, I haven't really heard about him uh, at all. And then later, when we were growing up, of course, you know. So yeah, he, 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 had, he had one or two good years right before COVID. You know, about six, seven yeah. years ago, he had a couple of good yeah. years, and then and then and then he sort of fell off the map. I guess it's he didn't really have anything special like Nadal with the top spin and the speed and then some guys with the serve. He didn't have a big serve. I I would say he was uh, really, really quick. He was really quick, you know, and he was in his unpredictability would just like throw you off the game. If you like, for example, you have a seeder like in the middle of the court on the half court, you get like an easy ball. He would just take his racket back like he's going to just hit the crap out of the ball and he would just make a drop shot you know so you're like you're like it's it's just it's just funny because you like the way even i was watching him but he was the same kind of i'm saying in juniors and i was watching him he you never know what's coming out of his racket so these kind of players you know they yeah they have that's that's their weapon you know you never know it's like, like yeah playing against yeah playing against rafa you know what's waiting for you <laughs> yeah you know exactly what's waiting for you and it doesn't matter if you know that this it just doesn't really help at all so you know so we're playing against him you're like every single shot is different well yeah saying, yeah a lot of those guys have such strange games i mean you, you had yeah. kyrios you have yeah. you have santoro yeah uh, you yeah. have these guys with tricky yeah. monfi even monfis and dustin yeah. brown they have yeah. funny. They have funny games where you're not sure what you're going to get, and, and if they're going to yeah. put you off balance. Yeah. Uh, but Alexander, he did it all the time, every single shot. That's that's, that's an interesting <laughs> moment, you know. Like I would say, he's still he's still one of those players. He mostly used it a lot. He would like just serve and volley out of, also out of like out of nowhere, you know what I mean? And then like, yeah, that's that's that was his thing, and that's why he. He, he was like he was pretty good on the tour and then I mean and I've heard when after juniors and in juniors I'm saying when I when I didn't really hear about him uh like I didn't see him on the tournaments the ones that I played I think they moved to Australia or something and then I think he was training there 
and then out of there he became a pro and something like that i'm not really sure but i, I think he moved to another country to train and that's after and then he shoot and then he went for pros and then he actually was doing really good he was like what top 20 i guess top 20 yeah and then, yeah, and then he was i actually liked watching him you know i'm like yeah he I'm was watching. fun i have a lot of video i love watching him yeah and I'm watching him and I'm like, oh, I know, I remember Alex. I know this guy. We played together. But yeah, it's, uh, we were in juniors. I mean, and, and I was in college at the time and he was playing uh, like a Grand Slams. And it's uh, basically how I say it, our lives, they went like different directions. So, I mean, yeah. I went to college and then he continued training. I mean, I wanted to continue training too, but it was just so hard. I mean, you, I had to make the choice if or either I'm going pro or I'm going or I'm going uh, to college. I didn't want to go to college in the beginning because I wanted to give it a shot to be pro. But I'm saying it, it's really hard. You have to have a, you have to have a sponsor that, uh, yeah. That, like, I mean, so you have to play tournaments all over. You, you got to have money. Yep, yeah, true. you have to have a lot of money as well, you know, because everything costs. Every single tournament you go, it's expenses, expenses. And if you don't win, you know, if you don't do well, it's just uh, you're going negative balance <laughs> yeah yeah money down the toilet yep yeah and then that's exactly why there's so many good players like you know who like even like through junior times in europe i mean i'm saying i met them in college and i'm like when we're playing against the uh, school and i see the lineup i'm like no way you know like there's a guy that played like for them for other countries like yugoslavia at the time uh which is uh serbia right now so there was Yugoslavia when I was growing up. And then uh, there was a guy, uh, Alexander Grubin. I remember the, even his name. He he was playing for Concordia University. So he was playing in New York, Concordia. And then he was number he was ranked number one in D2 division. So he was like, he was, he, and I'm like, great. You know, and I played against him when we played against Yugoslavia. So it's just funny. So kind of, I mean, everyone, everyone, everyone's, everyone goes their own road. So yeah. We, I, went, I mean, I'm really grateful. I'm here, so I mean, there is, no, there is nothing to say, nothing to complain, nothing to say. I'm really gr great. You know, I came and played college here. I'm great. very grateful. So, I'm very grateful. You made my life much better yeah. here in Denver because uh, I knew nobody, and you and I, you, you're kind enough to hit with an old man <laughs> once or twice a week. No, the Jack, it's uh, it's good for me too because, as as you said, yeah, I'm I'm like I still I still can. I still can hit the ball pretty decent and I'm a hitter, I'm a player, I still love the game and I still lo love to hit balls, you know, because I, I, on you I can go full power, you know, so and I'm sure you wouldn't mind at all. Nope. So I can hit the ball as hard as I can. But, you know, obviously when you're doing lessons with the clients, you can really, I mean, you can smack the ball a couple of times, like nicely, you <laughs> yeah. know, so just, to show, just, to, just to show off slightly. <laughs> but you cannot do it all the time, you know. So <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. It's, uh, that's yeah, it might frustrate a 2.5 woman, yes, for sure. Yeah, I mean, no, no, actually, actually the opposite. Actually, they love it. You know? so they're like, do it again. I'm like, <laughs> okay. They're like, do it again. Yes. So they're actually loving it. You know, they're like, whoa. And I'm, and I'm like, and sometimes I hit it and the ball goes deep and I'm like, was it in or out? They're like, I didn't even see. This is awesome. You know, it's, it's good. It's good experience for them as well, too. So, but yeah, obviously I love playing still. And then uh, it's a great Jack and we're going to be hitting as much as we can right now. Summer is coming, so we should go out. It'll be fun. Through. We're going to have some yeah. fun. Hey, listen, yeah. I am. Um, you know, I tell you what, I, I could do this all day with you, but we do. Last the, the other yeah. day, we played tennis for an hour, and then we talked yeah. for an hour and a half. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You know, so we just having a good time. You know, the tennis court. Yeah, yeah. I like when tennis is a lifestyle. That's the one thing I like in Europe. Um, when I spent so much time there, you know, in France and Spain. You know, they play tennis all day and then they have yeah. something to drink and have some yeah. lunch and then they go play. Maybe yeah. they have some wine and then they go play some more. It's yeah. a real lifestyle. And, and that's that's how I enjoy it. But unfortunately, sometimes in the United States, it's too much of a business and not so much yeah. of a lifestyle. Yeah, it's a little different. That's why I mean, like you can see right now, it's like if you look, look at all the pro tour mostly like europeans are like dominating you know so because yes, they, the are. Person, they, yes, they, they play are. tennis the whole day like i said we play twice a day that was a requirement like you have to practice twice a day you practice in the morning you do drills and stuff you do drills uh, and then in the evening you 
Sometimes, yeah, you can do drills, like fun games and stuff, but also mostly you're playing points or matches or things like that. And then the weekends, you're playing matches, only matches. Right. So it's like, I mean, in one day off, like Sunday, so you can just go home and relax a little bit, yeah. Be before yeah. I let you go, I, I have one question. Uh, when, you play in, um, when you play in Belarus in that area, was it in the juniors, was it mostly clay court or hard court or some kind of other surface? No, oh, no. In this, in uh, winter, we play on uh, uh, fast surfaces. Like uh, we call it um, supreme. It's like I mean, I remember the the the, the, the center where I trained. It was a national Olympic center. We had. Uh, I mean, I grew up on the wood. How about that? So I played wood. on the wood. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. It's like if you if you if you can like with my first coach, the with my first coach, the one that taught me everything. I'm like, I'm saying I'm so grateful to her, you know, it's like she was uh, the best coach I ever had, you know, she was pretty strict with me and tough with me. So that she basically made me. So she made me as a person, as the player. I'm like, she was lefty too, you know, like, especially her feeding balls was really uncomfortable to my back. And because <laughs> when they give that wide angle, so that's why I probably I was beating a lot of lefties all my life. I think so. So, but yeah, I mean, I grew up playing on the wood because we mostly like use the, uh, school gym is like you know oh, the, the, the wow that's there. boy that would be tough i've never played on wood but i can't imagine yeah, that so, would be but easy you know, but you kind of know what we, what i'm talking about right it's like it's a school yeah. it's a school gym you know they have i've seen it yeah they have different lines for different sports for like basketball they have tennis lines there yeah. they're like, they like million lines with different colors for different sports so so and then I grew up on that, playing on the wood, and it was like really fast. And then also I grew up hitting against the wall. Like I mean, I was I I don't know. I mean, I had I hit probably millions of balls against the wall. And I mean, if you can deal with that thing, I mean, the, the game becomes so much easier. I remember before even like stepping on the court, I was hitting against the wall most of the time. But and once you once you get that, you step on the court, you're like, this is easy because <laughs> yeah. you, you hit so many balls. So. Yeah, I grew up on that, on the wood. And then after I said, when I started to like winter tournaments and started to show results, when we got formed in those, uh, uh, let's say, uh, the, how they call it, like they call it a junior perspective group, you know, like uh, junior perspective groups for like the future, for the future Davis Cup. Sure, like junior like, Davis Cup, yeah. Team. Yeah, so we trained in the National Olympic Center. Uh, the indoor surface was a supreme, so it's like a rubber. Yeah. Like a rubber. I've yeah. played on it. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fast too. It's, it's pretty like, fast. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. high bounce. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty fast and stuff. And then, and I think they made they made this surface. They they kept that surface for uh, for our um, great player Maxim Mirny. I'm sure you've heard about that mm -hmm. guy. So he won like the, the greatest, like um, one of the greatest doubles players, and he won doubles, yep. mixed doubles, all the Grand Slams with different players. You know, he was so, a pretty good think, singles player for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a great in singles, but doubles big was serve, big serve. I used to like yeah, Max. Yeah, most of his specialties. So that's what I'm thinking, Jack. I think you know they still kept that surface specifically for him. You know, if we have a Davis Cup in the country, so he is um, his uh, his serve will be unreturnable. <laughs> yeah, because it's too fast. So yeah, that was indoor surface. So that's what we played on. I mean, yeah, some uh, facilities they had a. Uh, like uh, I call it synthetic grass. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a I don't grass. Like, I don't like that, but I know it. Yeah. yeah. That was really slippery, but it wasn't yeah. like, it just, it's like we, it, it, the, mostly those surfaces that were in like in bubbles. So a couple of courts under bubble. So that's what they, I mean, they're softer on, on your body, but it's really slippery. If you don't have a balance, you basically yeah. it's really hard to play. But in the summer, yeah, in the summer, the whole Europe plays on clay courts. It's all clay, clay courts. courts. So, it's not just I think, Belarus. Yeah. yeah I think that helps a lot. Yeah. That helps a yeah. lot. I think that's one of the big reasons the Europeans have it all over us is because the, the clay courts keep you grounded. You have to stay yeah. low. Yeah. You, you can't be up in your upper body or else you slip around. You learn how to slide. I think yeah. it gives a big advantage. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true because I'm saying the whole Europe, just uh, not, not just our countries, the whole Europe, you know, they play on clay courts. The whole Europe, especially in the summer, it's all clay courts. And you're right, you know, if you clay course, it's a different game because it's more like I call it the soaking game because you, the rally goes way longer and then you got to move your feet every time. So because the bounce sometimes hit the line or sometimes there is a rock there or like it'll yeah. in the direction of the ball. So you got to be really ready. And yeah, it's easier on your body as well, too, because it's like always dealing with hardcore. So you're, you might have like 
some uh, some injuries earlier, but clay courts are like a sand, you know, it's it's easier on your body, and we play the on clay courts most of the time. So it's plus uh, it's real clay. I, I played over yeah. in uh, France, yeah. and I played on the Monte Carlo courts uh, right there yeah. on that uh, finals court where Nadal always plays, yeah. and I hit with a friend there who doesn't miss much. And I tell you what, uh, those courts are so slow. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's not like. Uh, the clay courts in the United States, you know, the hard truth, that's not really clay. That's just kind of dirt. But that orangey red clay over in in Spain and France and Monte Carlo, that is really slow. You cannot hit a winner. You just can't hit a winner. You know, it's actually very interesting you're saying about the clay because I played in different clays, you know, like in Europe, different countries. And I'll tell you you that, you know, it depends where you go. I'll say when I played in Ukraine, they had a, that was an interesting clay. They, call, they called it the clay. I mean, but uh, I couldn't really, uh, like, I couldn't really figure. I mean, it's, it says clay, but the funny part is there was. I remember the surface. Uh, it's like it's like you're playing on. Um, it's not a really hardcore, but like there's something hard underneath, and the sand is on top of it. Right, like a yellow, like a yellow sand. And what I'm trying to say is, when it gets really windy. That sand just blows away. Oh yeah! It most, it most like you're playing on the hardcore. Most, yeah, like like if the ball comes really fast, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, it's when it's, when it's fine, the weather is great. There's not windy. Obviously, there is a lot of sand in it. But the, I felt like Ukrainian clay was usually faster. You know, usually faster. You know, not 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 in every city too. So like, but but most of the clays when you play, uh, what what I found to myself because I played some futures here in the United States and I played on a on a green clay right so yeah you guys have a, yeah, yeah played on green clay i found that green clay is uh way like is way slower than some of the red clays that's what i found because i really? played in pittsburgh. yeah i played in pittsburgh one time i played in rochester new york yeah it seemed so much slower to me plus what i really liked about the green clay it's not as slippery as a red clay so but that's mm-hmm. what i found because red clay, if it's if it's not watered properly, and you know you don't have, uh, and your shoes are worn out, or oh, you're gonna be like we say, like a cow on the ice, you'll be just skating like left and right. You're gonna, you're like it's so hard. But even uh, even uh, when that futures, I remember when I played in Pittsburgh, they didn't even really water the course that much, and then like the grip to the ground was so good. So that's what I found. I'm like, yeah, actually, it's it's pretty huh. it's pretty nice. So I kind of enjoyed playing on the on that clay, but I played on different clays. You know, in different country you go different clays you'll meet like let's say when i lived in uh, germany and i played there for a tennis club oh my god their clay was like oh it's like it's like a fairy tale you're playing it so straight it's so good it's, it's just really like, they they yeah they take care of it so well you know they're all it every night they have a special equipment they roll it every night make it straight they brush it then roll it then water it for the night it's like when you come in the morning you're like oh my god this is and they put that calcium chloride on there right that yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, all like, it's all like different systems and stuff you know it's like it's just when you know the thing is when you're playing on another good clay you're like oh my god i don't want to be here but when you but because it's like a it's like it's like everything goes like all over the place it's just so funny but when you're yeah. playing on great clay you're like oh my god this is nice i mean this is just great so it's like you just enjoying it you skate there like you run and you slide and it's and it's and this yeah it's pretty good it's, it's pretty it must nice be feel. it must be easier for the teaching pros because now you know you're on hard court it gets yeah. to your le- after seven or eight hours your legs start to feel it but on clay i think clay is much much more forgiving on your legs yeah that's true because it's softer you're just staying basically in the sand i mean obviously you get tired you know from when you spend so many hours on the court and everything but I mean that's what that's I mean that's what I haven't been really teaching in the clay because on the clay I haven't really been teaching that much because I started all my teaching experience were happening here in the United States and then uh, it's mostly hard courts yeah so I was, so I was always on the hard courts I didn't really have a teaching experience on clay I mean <clears throat> not just uh, I mean I would say physically wise you know so maybe I would feel a little bit like better but i'm I'm sure after so many hours working well you're still a youngster Uh, by the way happy birthday you just turned 35 this week so uh yeah thank you jack yeah yeah, happy birthday uh hey like i said we could just go on for hours but we can't because people will start to go what's going on we we have other things to do uh yeah 
But uh, I really, man, as always, I really appreciate you. And I, I am so thankful that we become friends and hitting partners and just good friends, really. Yeah, of course, Jake. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should, like I'm saying, whenever we have a time, we should yep. get together. We should get together, like when I'm, my schedule a little bit slowed yep. down. So we should get together, just not on the court, just go hang out a little bit, you know, on the nature and just talk, you know, go for a hike, like you said. You know, yeah, so and you're much more than a hitting yeah. partner because you're a yeah. very intelligent guy. And, and, I, and I think everyone's going to really uh, pick up on that today. And, and I, I really appreciate you. And, and, um, and I think, um, I learned a lot today. I mean, I can't imagine any tennis player didn't because it's a fascinating. Um, it's fascinating to play a tournament tennis and grow up in different countries. I think so. Yeah, different. Like I say, like my favorite phrase to say: every country you go, they have a different style as well. Too. It's like yeah. it's just, that's what makes it fun about tennis. To you go to Spain, they play one way. You go to more up north, they're playing different way. Even techniques look a little bit differently. Grips and everything, all that changes. So. It's just, it's just tennis is a great sport, and that's why, yeah. that's why we're still doing it because we yep. love it. Yeah, we love to hit the ball, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, we get to love to watch some great matches. We've seen some lately, which is really fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to like French Open. Maybe I should. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the French watch, Open. I hope Novak. I hope Novak gets to play. I hope he gets to play, but I'm not sure. Oh yeah! Oh, did you see? Like lately in the news, I was just reading this. I don't know. Just opened up their web pages. They were saying that Villander, like Matt Villander, right? He, he yeah. was saying the same thing. He knows how to make a Djokovic, uh, like one of the, one of the. I mean, obviously he's one of the favorites, but like even like make him even better. Something like. Did you see that recently? Or some I didn't nah, read it, but yeah, that was I like a, that one. No, yeah, no, this is so. But yeah, so something like that. Maybe if you find, yeah. But I'm weak. As I said, I can come to your place and watch friends, uh, watch French Open. We can talk about clay like as much as you want. And plus, let's I, do I, it. I, yeah. That's a date. I, I promise you, we will. We'll find one of the good matches. You know, where uh, Nadal's playing someone, or or maybe Kyrgios or Monfils, one of the fun players, and we'll definitely do that. Yeah, sounds good, Jack. Thank you again hey. for for all for everything you do, Jack. Thanks so much. It was great to it's great to know you. Yeah, like it's just a. Uh, it's uh, meant to be, meant to be, Jack. Thank you so much. I feel the same way. And thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Of course, Jack. Thank you so much. Yeah, I will see you next week. Thanks again, right. my friend. You have Thanks. a great Sunday. Thank you, guys. Uh, uh, okay.